This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Tuesday, March 22nd. I think it's episode 23 here at the Ferndale Studios podcast, Detroit Above, above Activate Gaming. Uh, Going to have to go on Craigslist maybe, maybe um, Adult Friend Finder, but we're going to have to find a new producer, I think, Spiro, because oh, we, just, you know, we just found out that me. the loyalties... Well, I don't think that's possible. Well, 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 yeah. Yeah, really. Just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems our producers got uh, divided loyalties to our program. No, I just don't want to be in the middle of all your drama. Well, if we're discussing duplicity, should we have Josh Krieger call into the program and discuss how you play both sides against the middle? Seems like that's what's going on here. Yeah. Justin Spiro, my co-host, uh, Jessica Arnold Benedict, on the uh, producing, just <laughs> refusing to share in state secrets. No. How everyone here hates me. No, not everyone here. Just a couple of people. Do, do, That's do, not bad. I'm just curious like, if anybody of, cares enough like, about me to hate me. hundred. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, that's Theo. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. true. Theo, Theo, like Theo and the reunion We won't talk about Theo. the other people who hate me because Jessica's yeah. really uncomfortable. That's off it. the record, just like <laughs> condolences are these days. So <laughs> I, we exactly. were talking in our well, – That's ex- totally the same. In our extensive show prep today, which has been going on for hours, frankly. We had a little discussion, Jeff, you and I, about how we were going to open the show. And I said, don't worry about the first couple minutes. Which right off the bat terrifies me. So I'm going to handle the first couple minutes, and you're certainly welcome to contribute. Uh, I'm happy to invite you to contribute on your own show. 
It's our we, show. We had it used to be Jessica's show also until she just completely stabbed us in the back. Ugh, yeah. You know what? I'm just gonna stop the encoders now. <laughs> you know, I, I, real friends stab you from the front, Jessica. Yeah. Hey, I, I haven't hit anything. <laughs> so, Jessica, here I'll, I'll tell you this story, and the audience can follow on because we had our nerd baseball draft, fantasy baseball draft, yeah. two days ago on Sunday. And it was a, I can't even say all the people that were there, but it was a well attended media draft event. And it, yeah, just hey, how it, come it, he can keep secrets and I can't? What's that about? I, I know the secret. It was, it, he was there. So yeah, I was he knows there. all about it. So See, here's the thing we're, we're so toxic that not only do people hate us here that you won't divulge information about, but people who come to our fantasy baseball draft, we can't even tell the general public who they are. Really? Yeah. No, we can't even, we can't even. No, because That's they could bad. they could get in trouble with their work. So we can't even really? can't even we can't even state people who get there. fired for hanging out with you. Uh, we're going to get into that probably in the second hour. That's of the why show. we get off the record condolence messages <laughs> when, our, when our family members perish. Sorry, your dad died. You never. This message is to disappear within fifteen <laughs> yeah, seconds. This message, this text will self destruct in fifteen minutes. So we have our draft on Sunday, and I just bought a house a few months ago. Baby. Small little starter up. It's a little starter home, and I think it's a pretty functional basement space, but uh, not fully. How many square, square feet you got there? 6,000? Whatever. So <laughs> it, it, it's a good it's a good space. But, you know, the basement is sort of the last priority in the house, and it's not very well furnished right now. It has a couple pieces from my old Chicago apartment and a couple inflatable chairs. So it was a little bit of a makeshift event, but we made it work, and everybody seemed to have a really good time except for the man right next to me. Now, I had multiple people – Asked me what his deal was on Sunday. I'm not going to name names, but it was over two people. I'm not going to say if it was three. After I left? No, during even. But what was yes, my inclu- deal? Including after you left, okay. but you were like the first one out the door. So Moss is the last one to show up. And between the teams and the co-owners uh, Excuse and whatnot, me, the person who was not allowed to be spoken was the last person. Okay, second to last out of 16 people. So we have you know, 15, 16 people there congregated around, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And Moss walks in, and he just has this stank look on his face. He's pissed. Like he just rolled out of bed. Not that he looked sloppy, but just like he was cranky. Who peed in and your Cheerios? Just he's in a miserable mood. Like he, he's he, like he's showing up, you know, at a custody hearing for his kid or something. <laughs> which yeah, it's just it was the most miserable looking face. Everyone else is in good spirits, already drinking a beer. Some people are on their second. He's just miserable. So first thing he I says, I am still in mourning. First thing he says is, "I'm so mad I'm even here." That was the first thing well, he said when he sat down. Well, hi to you too. So that and so <laughs> I don't remember saying I, that. That's the first thing you said. And Did you come I, drunk. I made a point. <laughs> oh, I needed to be. I made a point to start transcribing some of your quotes during the draft in, <laughs> into my laptop because I blew all my money early. So here are some of the direct quotes from Jeff Moss at the DSR fantasy draft on Sunday. Can we can we just also state that I hate fantasy sports? Oh, I, I think I, that's I, actually one of the quotes. Right, I want to have nothing to do with fantasy sports. The only reason I show up is for the sandwich that you got me from that's Zingerman's. Also, that's also mentioned. Why don't you just okay. let, let, let's, right. let the record speak for itself here? Because okay. I was the court stenographer on Sunday. <laughs> Quote, this house would be nice if it had some decent furniture. <laughs> oh, my God. What a dick. This is guy talking about my new house. <laughs> Quote, fucking Christ, this thing needs to end. Oh, wow. Hurry it up. There isn't a higher power this year, and I finished my sandwich, so I should probably leave. God, aren't you a joy? Fantasy baseball <laughs> no. is awful. 
There's no television down here. What a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh my God. No TV, and I'm on an inflatable chair. What a great day. Were you on your man period? That, that's just some. I, I, I didn't write any others, but I mean, there, it was all day. I, I have to start jotting some of these down. This guy, everyone else is in a good mood. It, it, he's just acting like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. I had multiple what? people come up to me. Can you name names, please? No, I can't. Yes, you can. It was more, more than two. Come up to Please me. Please tell me one of them wasn't Jim Petrosky. Well, it was a bigger misery than I am. No one was bombing you. It was it was kind of like, what is he okay? It wasn't like, a, what, an asshole. It was just like, is he okay, man? Like it was from a point of concern. And I, I just – I Are, so are I'm, you okay? Yo, are you okay? Because the people are wondering, you were so miserable on Sunday. I, I just want to know why you can't put a smile on your face and enjoy the company of your friends. It hasn't been a great month. Well, that's fair. But I, was that really what it was about? I mean, you seem – this was like just a, an extreme version of how you always are with these things. Yeah, I would say it was probably amplified some yeah. with, with my current misery. So that's fair. That's fair. But I, the people wanted to know if you were okay. So I just had to address that because it was a, it was a topic of conversation. First of all, I woke up with a headache. Uh, second of all, I can't stand fantasy sports. The only redeeming quality – of the uh, draft has been the higher power, which if Jessica doesn't know what that is, BCAV mm. ruined it. Yeah. A couple years yep. ago, Spiro paid thousands and thousands of dollars to have Jose Canseco okay. come to our fantasy baseball draft to uh, superstar baseball player. Uh, last year he had Dennis Rodman show up. Wow. So this year uh, the higher power was Evelyn Spiro, who we never got to see. <laughs> Oh, and we, so I was already kind of depressed that there was no higher power. Uh, I'll thank B. And for that. you know, I just I was just not in a great mood. And when I'm not in a great mood, everyone pe- knows people it. people know. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. It needed to okay. be addressed because you were at least I didn't fart you, like well, uh, Anthony Dinsmore. Yeah. Uh, it was so <laughs> funny. Uh, Dinsmore, I'm sure he's either listening now or will be catching on the podcast. I <laughs> came up to me at the end. Did he apologize? Like, he, came he, came up, he came up and he apologized to me, and I just kind of laughed. I'm like, honestly, uh, that's between you and the mosses. I didn't even smell it. So yeah, I, I came up to me and apologized. <laughs> like, like now we need to apologize from Super Bowl. Yeah, or? right. Yeah. yeah, when okay. he had gas at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, like anyone who knows me knows should know that I don't want any one on one interaction with anybody, and especially if they saw my mood that day. I didn't want. Yeah. He comes up at the end. He's like chasing after me leaving your house and like going coming to apologize for having gas at the Super Bowl party. Like, dude, I don't want to address this. Just please leave me alone. <laughs> this shit needed to be resolved. That we we can't break bread ever again until the whole farting thing is resolved. Yeah, because it was sort of a big deal to you. Yeah, it it really. I think Anthony felt really bad that he ruined Melissa's evening, and I think he wanted to make amends for that. I just thought I never had a a person come up to me. I want to know it, names. Well, it was like I want to know. I'm names not talking about the thing with you. I'm talking oh. about with Anthony and I. I've never had a person come up to me like that and just be like, "Hey, bro, like, hey, can I get you for a second? I got to talk to you over here." You know, I'm thinking like, "Oh, he caught someone stealing or something." You know, <laughs> someone was in my wine cellar raiding my. That's it was that was the seriousness with which I was approached. And he just goes, I'm really sorry about that farting thing in your parents' house, man. It's like, like I, oh, geez. I, you know, the guy's telling me that he caught my wife cheating with Petro or something during the draft. But, um, no, I, that was just hilarious. But, yeah, I did have people coming up to me as well after just asking how you were doing. So I, I'm glad that this was cleared up, that it's just a little bit of residual 
melancholy, which is certainly understandable. So I want to talk about Detroit Sports 105.1 next. and then Now? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. If that's okay. I don't know. I think we should talk about the Tigers first. You want to do the Tigers first? Yeah, because I got something. I have Dave Shore and Lizzie Hunter on uh, audio that I sent to Jessica, so I want to kind of play mm, no problem. Play that in this, after the first break. Well, yeah, that's fine. Let's do Tigers. I, I don't know if you want to cover like anything like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Or, yeah, let me ask you a question since you are now an expert on U.S.-Cuba relations. Yeah. Uh, Fidel Spiro. <laughs> we should explain that. So Spiro today was on – the Ryan Schuling Show, the Schuling Report, 92.1 FM in Lansing, primarily to discuss his article uh, regarding the Tigers and what happened between Brad Osmus and Al Avila and Mike Illich and Ron Gardenhire last August and September. That was uh, the auspices that Spiro was going to be on Shu's show uh, up in Lansing today. So I didn't even know about this until about a minute before you went on the air. I clicked on the live link to listen to the show. And there you were. And the first question from our good friend Ryan Schuling was, what do you think about Obama and Rob Manfred in Cuba for the baseball game today? And what's your opinion on U.S.-Cuba relations <laughs> moving forward? And I was like, whoa, that's a little odd to start the uh, – I didn't, I didn't know – Ryan was going to go all Wolf Blitzer on you. And uh, as you told me before the show started, you had no like prep for that well, world affairs question. I, mean, I hadn't really even been following it. I, and I, I follow politics pretty religiously, but just the last couple of weeks have been nuts with the newborn baby. And, you know, I, I haven't started to work yet. So I'm taking like basically a full motherly shift watching this kid. So I'm not paying attention really to the news at all. And, you know, I knew it was going on. I knew Barack was down there, but I didn't follow the sort of intricacies of the dialogue, and I didn't see what Dan Levitard had said. So to, to be let off with that was a little bit uh, interesting. I, I kind of felt like Donald Trump being interviewed by Hugh Hewitt back in September when he's like, okay, Mr. Trump, what do you think of Uzbekistan, Khomeini in this country? And <laughs> You know, Zaharway, Giuliani, Baghdadi, and this guy. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're all bad. Or, you know, it's just kind of like, you know. And you, you, you pretty much were stumped like, uh, you know, Donald Trump on any question about anything regarding. Well, yeah, I thought I, it was, you know, if, if Shuli and I weren't friends, they would be like, this is a gotcha question. Like, the, guy, the guy's like trying to pin me down. So, <laughs> like Katie Couric asking Sarah Penguin what newspapers she reads. Yeah, like, right. Spiro, uh, Spiro, your opinion on what. Uh, Belgium should do now regarding uh, these <laughs> terrorist attacks in ISIS. Uh, do you think they should lock down the country? Sparrow? Uh, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. All right. So I, anyway. I mean, so it was a bad setup. No, but what bad, he do? just – it was not that – was, that was like a Jonathan Erickson pass to the wrong team that yeah. – uh, uh, we'll have to give Shu some shit about that. But anyway, the real reason you were on there was to talk about the story that you wrote and you kind of teased last Tuesday on the show – and posted, I think, on Friday afternoon regarding the follow-up of your source and what you have learned in the last couple weeks regarding what went down with um, Garden Hire and Osmus and Avila. And I think the interesting thing that we'll jump into right away is we kind of thought that this was driven by Chris Illich. Yeah. That, was, that was what – when we didn't know because your source kind of clammed up for a few months. Yes. Couldn't get to him. And so we just had to have like wild theories on our own of why it went from uh, Avila, or excuse me, Osmus definitely being out 
no questions asked, to the point where it was followed up with separate sources we have now learned, George Sippel uh, writing the same thing in September, and then Bernie Smilovitz, of course, also trumpeting that on that Thursday night football game. I think it was the first game of the season on NBC after that pro, after that game on, on the news. But it wasn't Chris Illich. It was really all Al Avila who put a stop to the Ron Garden hire train, which I think is very interesting for a few, a few reasons, not the least being the fact that you've reported that if the Tigers get off to a bad start, that Osmus is pr- pretty much gone. If they get off, you know, like you said, I think today on Shuling Show, eight, nine games under 500 the first month or so, he's out and they're going to do something different. What I don't understand is if Avila was so adverse to getting Garden Hire in the first place to the point where it's pissed him off, and you can explain that too, why would he be more willing now with nothing has changed? To bring in Garden Hire. It seems to me that either Garden Hire is a complete non factor at this point, or the source has got some bad information. Well, I, I don't think Avila has anything to do with it. I think it's the Mike Illich production. I think it was, and this is all directly from the conversations that I've had with the source, who you know, you know, and I can't say on the air, but is very well connected. With this family, well, there's and the no question about that. I mean, he's he's a a good guy to have for a story like this. Let's put it that way. And it's not that Avila is suddenly going to be cool with the Garden Hire thing. I he's you know not based on his conversation with Garden Hire in mid September that it was made clear that Garden Hire is not going. He he will be bunting in the second inning. You know things of that nature. He's gonna he's going to be an old school guy. And Garden Hire basically said to them, from my understanding, is if you don't want my style, don't hire me, which is, you know, to his credit, I mean, that's a fair point to make. But Illich's patience at the age that he's at now is so thin that he did want to honor his agreement with the Avila when they when he offered him the job in August, three days before a, Dombrowski. A five-year contract, let's, let's be, right. uh, be blunt about it. Avila, that's, that's no joke. No, you've committed to this direction. And Avila said, look, I'm not going to be Dombrowski in that conversation on August 2nd, which, you know, was extensive. It was laid out very clearly that Avila wants to run this team his way and that the lack of analytic focus and emphasis in the organization was a detriment to their success. So Avila was selling this whole thing as this is the one piece of the puzzle that's been missing. We've been close, we've been close, but we haven't been tapping into this one resource to this one approach. And it was sold as sort of the panacea to the problem, uh, you know, the tonic, so to speak. And Illich agreed, look, if you accept this deal, you can run the team your way. I, I, I will let you spend money beefing up the analytics department, bringing in new guys. It wasn't, you know, it was kind of like a college football coach getting pledge money for their staff. Let's, I mean, let me interrupt you for one second yeah. right there. It's not just talk. It's both action and words because – it fits in perfectly, and I've had people who absolutely hate the DSR, by the way, uh, who I've received tweets from. I don't know if you got them too, but saying that they really appreciated your article because it started all to make sense. It started this puzzle came together, and that it was an honest article they thought, and it was uh, very good, well done. But let's go back to the analytics for one second. Not only did he hire Jay Sartori from Apple, uh, Christopher Long promoted Sam Menzen. 
but he's kind of gone on a PR tour, Al Avila, to make it perfectly clear that this was a wedge issue between him and Dombrowski to the point where he's thrown Dombrowski under the bus, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. By stating in interviews, I think it was on MLB Network, where he said, they said, well, what's the big, biggest difference between the analytical department we now? Have, and we, we have one. We have one. Yeah. We have one, which is such a dagger. Yeah. I mean, it, he, there's such a politically correct way for El Avila to have yeah, answered you know, that question. We're, we're shifting more emphasis towards that area. We're looking at it. Yeah. And, that, you know, anyone, it was a point of contention. It was obviously. Yeah. And to the point where this is the reason, and I completely believe it, that Garden Hire wasn't the hire last September. Garden Hire's people were pissed. Garden Hire was pissed. I don't think there's any chance, and I could be proven wrong, and we'll see what happens if they start off poor, which I hope they don't, that Garden Hire is ever going to be the manager of the Tigers. The only thing I've reported and the only information I have is that Garden Hire is still an Illich favorite. Not that he's definitely the guy. Right. Just the source well, that the source told told us that. Owner Mike is still on the Garden Hire train. That's still his guy, still has a fondness for him. And he's obviously the one that makes that call. So and he extrapolated that information to say Garden Hire would be his guess. It's not based on right. a view that everyone's on board. It's not a fact that Garden Hire's in the bullpen. So and then I want to so I want to follow up on that with something that I think was really interesting that you said on Schuling's show that had nothing to do with the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that was because I don't think it'll be Garden Hire, because I think Garden Hire knows he'd be coming into a situation that's kind of toxic. The GM really doesn't want him. He's being forced by an 86-year-old owner who's battled cancer twice. It's just, it just it wouldn't be a great situation for Garden Hire, and I think Garden Hire probably has to know that at this point. But the, the, the point that you brought up to me makes all of the sense in the world, as terrifying as it may be, is that the compromise – for the end, rest of this year, if they get off to a bad start, we got to use that caveat. Hopefully, they don't. Hopefully, Osmus is listening to Sartori and, and Christopher Long and all of those people in the front office, and he's he's changed. Jim Leland, that name to me makes more sense than Ron Gardenhoyer. It makes more sense than Omar Vizquel. It makes more sense than Lloyd McClendon, who's managing the team in AAA. Because I think that's kind of like the uh, Republican convention where they have to settle on some uh, candidate that everyone can kind of like live with for the time being if everything's a mess there and nobody has enough delegates. And I think Jim Leland is like the Mitt Romney of the Detroit Tigers' current situation. I could see them getting off to a poor start and Illich begging Leland just to come out of retirement for this year. It pacifies Leland because he's, or excuse me, Illich because he's got the guy who he thinks is the calm hand, the old school guy, and he likes Leland. And it pacifies to a certain extent Avila in the New Age front office because they know it would be a temporary thing. They would only be for this year, and then at the end of the year, whatever happens, they could go and interview Manny Acta, Alex Cora. Um, one of the guys, one of the managers who would probably fit their system better than what they have now. So that, that's, I think the Leland thing was, when when you said that, that like made so much sense to me. Now the question is, would Leland be willing to do it and walk over Osmus's grave? 
Well, I don't the, think that's the issue. The I don't know. The thing isn't the issue. It's right. whether he wants to come out of retirement or not. And here's why I think he might. Remember in our reporting last year, we reported that Mike Yowich did make a big offer to Jim Whelan to try to talk him out of retirement before they went with Osmus. So we already know this is there's some kind of precedent for this type of talk. Hey, White Knight, Jim Whelan, come and save us to begin with. So that's already happened in a different context. But the other reason is you have to look at, for one, Leland's had an extra year off. He's old, but he's not like 85. He's 72. And look at what he would be managing. When you're in it from day one, a manager is in Lakeland, Florida, typically February 20th or so. Season doesn't start till April 5th. So if you take us to, let's say, May 5th, they fire Osmus, you've already eliminated half of February, all of March, all of April, and almost a week in May. So Leland's not coming back to manage for one season. He's coming back when you factor in the preseason, the spring training procedures and whatnot. He's basically coming back to manage for two-thirds of a season, you know, give or take, maybe a little more. So it's not quite that commitment. It's, a, you know, it's kind of like Roger Clemens at the end where he didn't want to travel. It's like, okay, you can, only, you, know, you can only show up when you pitch. You don't even have to come to the ballpark unless you're pitching that day. You know, not quite to that extreme level, but it's a smaller load for him. And I think it is a hire that would make everybody down there happy for the reasons you outlined. Right. I don't think it'll make Avila happy for this year. Well, con- but, I think right. content. I, right. But I think I, he would yeah. realize. But he would realize that he'd, he'd get to nominate his own Supreme Court justice right. when this is all said and done. Right. And that. So I he think doesn't want to get married on a big deal to garden hire or someone of the oak. I, I it would be absolutely stunned from my conversations with the source with the team if they went with a Lloyd McClendon or Omar Vizquel because the whole point is that Illich wants a – now McClendon's experienced, but an experienced manager who's had some modicum of success. Say what you want about garden hire, several division titles with a lower payroll, and obviously Leland has the, you know multiple World Series appearances on his resume – Illich is going to want like one of those two guys. Right. People I, I don't keep know saying McClendon. McClendon no, makes zero Ma- sense. McClendon has zero chance. There's I no mean, chance. He might manage I mean, for a, a week or something. I don't like, even. I don't think he. I think they would go to with Scal before pro- that. Probably McClendon. Why disrupt AAA? He's a complete failure. He's probably worse old school than any. There, there, it's not going to be. He's McClendon. a joke. It cannot be McClendon. It would be McClendon or Vizquel only for a series during the interim while Garden Hire or Leon was flying in. I mean, it's. Or whomever. I don't. I don't really know who else is out there that has the cachet that would appease Illich. There's certainly no one. And I made this point on Shuling Show today. I don't know who. Like you have the Venn diagram where you have the Illich side, the Avila side, and then the common ground in the middle. I don't know who that common ground hire really is because you can't have an experienced veteran, big time, old school manager who is also analytical. It doesn't. I mean, it no, does, there, it's not they compatible. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. So, and, and Osmus has got to be. Terrified. He's got to know this is true. He's got to know it. And he's probably going to start the season without Victor Martinez, who I'm not sure they'll ever be able to count on ever again. No. Who supposedly might go on the disabled. You, you list. might you might get a hundred games out of him if you're lucky. Today, Daniel Norris, after giving up a three run homer in the first inning, leaves with back spasms, which caused him uh, us to postpone his start from this weekend to today, and then he gets his world rocked and he has to leave, I think maybe before recording an out. One maybe he's right. Yeah, okay. So, right. So maybe he starts on the DL, which then you have Matt Boyd or Shane Green or you know, this, and Annabelle Sanchez. While he pitched great the other day, he's kind of short because he hasn't had a full spring training. So you can see all of these things conspiring to maybe 
a slow start, which is the last thing in the world that Brad Ausmus Ausmus needs. And he could do everything right, and that could happen. That's and I made again that point on Shuling Show as well is that Ausmus could have had the grandest awakening in the offseason through his conversations with Avila, maybe through his own studies, whatever. And it wouldn't matter if the team doesn't hit for three weeks or if no one can get an out. So, you know, he could be gone through no fault of his own other than which would be the the absolute uh, biggest nightmare. If if he comes out managing – Intelligently, right? Exactly. I want him to stay. Right. Yeah. If he comes out and he's not bunting and he's using the and he's using the relief pitchers uh, properly, you already see the influence. That the fact that Justin Upton's going to be batting second, you've already seen that influence. There's really been no discussion. It doesn't seem of him batting anywhere else, and that's where he needs to bat. Um, I, I wouldn't have trusted Osmus last year to make that right decision. He, we had too many examples of him making the wrong decisions. Keep keeping Victor Martinez in the four hole for 490 bats or whatever it was. The other thing that I found interesting that still doesn't make complete sense is that the big rift between Dombrowski and Illich was Osmus. There's no question about that, right? Yep. Well, yes, it was one of the major fractures. That was one of the major ones. Really just the failure to win a title was considered a betrayal. But but from the original article back last August, that was a major, major point of contention. Major point of contention. Probably the, the number one, which looking back, I wonder if Illich was like when he fired Dombrowski and he made the concession to Avila that you can do whatever you want to, that it's going to be your team. I'm not asking you to be a Cuban version of Dave Dombrowski and run it the same way with just, you know, you running it, why he didn't fire Osmus that day. And I wonder if he looks back and regrets that because of everything that happened over the the next month and how he didn't want to send probably the team into complete disarray by in the first 30 days of having a new GM, having a major shitstorm with him. And I wonder if he regrets not just saying, look, you can do whatever you want, but we're firing Dombrowski. Osmus is going with him. Gene Lamont's going to manage this team for the rest of the year, or whatever, whoever it was, or Viscal. Um, I, I wonder if he regrets that he didn't do that because he ended up getting caught kind of in between. And now he's in the situation where he's in, where he's got a lame duck manager who is under all the pressure in the world. And, you know, it really put, as we speculated in the original report, you know, how awkward is this September going to be? And that's exactly what ended up happening. It's just, it was very awkward down there. The team photo. Mike Gillich is going up to Osmus saying something. There's the clip of the, the media interviewing, hey, uh, hey, Brad, what was that about? That's private. Not talking about that. Yeah, guy looks like he's going to cry. So he, oh, Osmus thought he was gone. Oh, yeah. There's no that question. Point, well, yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I, I wrote a follow-up article with this or if I just tweeted it, but that was Mike Gillich approaching Brad Osmus to apologize for the story getting out. I mean, that's what that conversation was about. Right. And, you know, that was such a bad situation down there. I I think I, – I feel bad for Osmus in a way. I, I thought – you know, I think he's been a bad manager. He's been a bad game manager. But by all accounts, despite his airline escapade, is a pretty good guy and is trying the best he can and puts the time in and, you know, he wants to do well. And he is seen as malleable by Avila and it's someone that can adapt. And I, and I hope that he does. We're rooting for him. 
Yeah, I mean, th- this is I, I got 190, almost 200 million dollar payroll. Well, this my, year, my logic, with time running out. My logic for loving the hire when they first announced it was that this guy's smart enough that he'll figure out this analytical thing. Now he might be a couple years late, which is embarrassing and unforgivable. But if he is actually going to embrace it, I don't need him doing it completely by the book. I don't have the same exact standard maybe you would have to be happy with him. But I need to see it incorporated and be a significant element. Well, it's the basics, really. You're going to have bunting stuff. Every is, every manager is going to do things that you don't like. It it it's the things like bunting in the second inning of American League game with Justin Upton to the point where they're going to walk Miguel Cabrera, who's on deck. Those type of things, not understanding using high, your, your relievers in high-leverage situations. You know, it's not – no manager is going to obviously do everything we want. If they hired Alex Cora or Manny Acta, even those guys who everyone has on the short list of sabermetric-friendly potential hires, you think Manny Acta is going to come in here and do every single thing that we want? It's a general philosophy which seems to be coming from up above now, and we'll see how it plays out in the field. I hope they get off to a good start. Yeah. I hope he does the things the right, I want the right way. Yeah. Uh, I don't want Jim Leland back. I don't want the ghost of Ron Gardenhire hovering over us. So, just hope. I just hope they get off to a good start, and it, it, it's they're in contention the whole way. And if they need to add anything at the deadline, they've got some pieces now that they can trade off uh, and and make a run. So. I think that's it. Unless you got anything else to comment about the article or the Tigers or anything, no, that's that should be it. I, I'm interested to see how the team does, to, to say the least, because it it will be a quick hook, from what I'm told. So, well, so you should expect George Sipple to write this uh, around April 6th, and then Bernie Smilovich have a special I, report sp- around tax day. <laughs> Speaking of Sipple and Smilovich, I did think it was interesting, and I pointed this out in the article that the the source was not the same because I asked right. our source point blank that I didn't talk to them at all. What did he have any other comments about the Smilowitz report or anything? No, I mean other than that, it was right. <laughs> By the way, it's so, the it's, that, it's so funny that like of all the three parties, so the Free Press reported it, yeah, WDIV reported it. Mm-hmm. The only entity that was stand up about it and like answered the questions of what happened, right? Explained to our audience why we were wrong, what happened. Took you know, took it on the chin, didn't make excuses, just said this is was transparent about it. Uh, was the blog. Yeah. Did the Freebirds ever even do well, was there ever any We know their standard up? for rectifying their uh, errors. Which but, will which will lead into a break when we get to one of their errors, who is one has one less job than he had the last time we were on the air. When we come back, we will talk about the abortion known as Detroit Sports one oh five point one, the move they made late last Friday that Jeremiah Fick took great joy in. Huge loser. We'll be back after a couple songs. This is a previously recorded episode. Back on the Detroit Sports Rag podcast, uh, talking in the break about Disturbed's cover of uh, Simon and Gar- Garfunkel there. They did have, they did the Genesis or Phil Collins cover of, um, what was that song that the Ronald Reagan puppets and all that? I forget the name of that song. I don't know. Someone will, someone will tweet it to me. Uh, Land of Confusion. They did that cover. Remember that song? Oh, no. Oh, you're too young. Yeah, All right. Uh, enough talk about Disturbed and covers. We are back on the Detroit Sports Rag podcast. That's Jessica producing. Spiro over there in his 
laptop posting on the DSR Facebook page, completely ignoring me, uh, telling numerous lies during the break. <laughs> Says to me during the break, uh, "Yeah, I want. I, I just really wanted to make sure you were okay <laughs> after Sunday." Just wanted. To, I, no, I was like, "Oh yeah, thanks for bringing that up." It's like, no, I really wanted to make sure you're okay. So. This all happened Sunday at around 2, 3 o'clock. Uh, Sunday night, did I get a text from Spiro? Are you okay? No. Uh, all Monday, did I get a text from Spiro? How you doing, man? He seemed a little upset yesterday. No. When we walked in, did he ask me? No. Get on the air. What's wrong with you? And then he has the chutzpah during the break to say, uh, no, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. Good guy. We don't Good believe guy. that you're genuinely concerned for his no. well-being, oh, can here, I, Justin. Can I combine? Can I combine a genuine concern with the entertainment show value content? Of the show? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like two days can later. Can it be both? You no, okay, man? Th- thanks, Howard Stern. I can care on the air. Yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of on the air, yeah. Our next topic is the travesty known as Detroit Sports 105.1. Last week at this time. I dropped an article, I believe, discussing the latest ratings and how long this could go on. Uh, once again, a point nine, six plus in the in the market. Uh, one of the worst rated FM stations, if not the worst in the entire town. I think WDET, the Wayne State Station, uh, putting up quite a battle. A two point two rating, good for fifteenth among men. In the market, which is just absolutely jaw-droppingly astounding. That article uh, posts with the ratings for February, and within basically 48 hours, I believe, we learned Friday night around 7, 8 o'clock, the typical Friday afternoon news dump, that the PM drive show that had made it only about, I think, four or five months that replaced Drew Lane, on 105.1, Matt Derry and the unrepentant plagiarist Drew Sharp. Those two gentlemen had been fired from the station. Uh, Matt Derry, who'd been basically with Detroit Sports 105.1 since the inception, he had to wait out a non-compete after leaving 97.1 when he was basically let go there. Uh, so he'd been there almost since the station started. His ratings during middays when he was on in that time slot, not great. I was told that Sean Boesian had improved those ratings when he was in that midday. So, and then I guess I was told the ratings were just horrific after Drew left. They completely tanked, not surprisingly, with a career update guy and a gentleman who we said when he got the job, nobody wants to listen to, nobody likes. He's not like Skip Bayless where people will tune in just to hear him speak in Drew Sharp. That show had no chance from the get-go, and it, like I said, didn't even make it six months. So they're gone, which was not a surprise at all to anyone because and we talked about it last yeah, week. we talked about it last week. How it was much only a matter of time. Yeah, it was only a matter of time, and it was 48 hours basically. What was completely, completely blindsided me anyway was what replaced, at least for the time being, the Rat Dreary and Bald Plagiarist program. And that is program director Dave Shore, who has steered this ship into an iceberg, 
and former Pistons point guard Lindsey Hunter. I wrote a long article over the weekend about what I would do to change the course that 105.1 is on. And trust me, it did not include a guy who didn't get his first PD job till he was almost 50 years old, which is basically unheard of. Usually that happens either in your late 20s or early 30s in Dave Shore, who it seems only knows about basketball, even if you can say he has any comprehension of that sport. I, the guy's, I think, done work for the Dallas Mavericks. I think he did pregame work for the Los Angeles Lakers. This guy has no knowledge of the Detroit sports scene, and it's been pretty evident over the last two days where Shore and Hunter have spent almost all of their programming on a flailing radio station, on probably the most unpopular sport in town. I would say the Lions are number one, the Tigers are number two, the Red Wings are a distant third, and then the Pistons are fourth. Of course, they have the Pistons, the one entity that nobody really wants. In the last two days, they've interviewed P.J. Carlissimo, Let that sink in there for a second. P.J. Carlissimo. That wouldn't be an interesting interview if Latrell Sprewell was choking P.J. Carlissimo while Dave Shore and Lindsey Hunter asked him questions. (laughs) They've had Scottie Pippen on. That's a great interview for the Detroit sports market. One of the most hated athletes of all. When's Claude Lemieux going to be on? Oh, I'm sorry. He's a hockey player. He didn't play basketball, so they're not going to discuss him. John Beeline, well, he's a he's a real that, that that's going to really light up the numbers. People meters are just going to be set ablaze with the uh, excitement coming out of John, uh, John Beeline. John I wouldn't have John Beeline on our program. That's I wouldn't fine. care. I, I'm not whatever. Isaiah he, Thomas. So you see a pattern here. All they've talked about is basketball for like six hours in the last decade. Mike Valente hasn't talked about basketball cumulatively for six hours total. It hasn't happened. Yesterday, they're talking about a game between Golden State and the San Antonio Spurs. This isn't a national radio show, you morons. You're in a provincial town. And not just the game about, it wasn't five minutes on, hey, did you catch that game? It was wild or whatever. You know, that's back and forth. That's whatever. They had an entire, multiple entire segments on, the San Antonio Spurs' chances to secure the NBA championship in a field that includes the Warriors. I mean, they were breaking down the zone, and they just, it just well. You know I, what? We've got the I, audio. You want to hear it? Yeah. Well, why not, Jessica? Can you play Dave Shore and Lindsey Hunter completely running off the last seventeen people who are listening to this radio mm-hmm. station during PM drive with a discussion about Golden State and San Antonio? Sure. GCFM HD1 Detroit. Lindsay Hunter, myself, Dave Shore. Let's switch gears. Uh, let's go around the association and uh, what we saw over the weekend. Here we are. We were engulfed in the NCAA tournament, and lo and behold, turned out to be one of those, what do they call it, measuring stick? Yeah, we call it a measuring stick game in the NBA. Yep. The San Antonio Spurs on their home court defeated Golden State 87-79. to Then Now, that might just sound like a regular season game. But what did we learn from that? 
I think listening to the, I always like big games like that, that everybody considers a big game. You listen to the responses afterwards. You listen to the comments that what the players say, you know, and when I, when I heard everything that everybody said after the game, I came away saying Golden State really wasn't concerned. They felt good about that game and they lost and they were like, hey, we'll take a loss like that because part, partly shorthanded, didn't shoot the ball well, you know, what, six games in nine days, back to back in San Antonio. All right, I can't listen anymore. I, I just can't take it. I, I'm sorry, I can't even make it through five, 55 seconds. You can just end that. I mean, that has been that's been the show for two days, and as in the article I wrote, this is either some producers esque scam that 105.1 is running with Dave Shore playing the role of Max Bialystok. Or it's some Brewster's Millions bit where they have to have a 0.0 rating before greater media executives inherit $50 million from a dead uncle. There is no other possibility. Nobody can think that that show that we just played from a guy who has no knowledge of the Detroit market and Lindsay Lindsay Hunter. Lindsay Justin, Lindsay Hunter. I, 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 can you explain any of this? Well, first of all, I don't mind. You made the point on show and show yesterday that Lindsay Hunter wasn't important, an important enough player. I don't think that really matters. I think if you're a good broadcaster, you know, there, there have been a lot of mediocre players that make great broadcasters in, in history. He's just he's just bad on the air. I don't care that he wasn't a good enough Piston player. He no, just, but I'm saying you need to have some cachet. If it was Isaiah Thomas hosting a show with someone, at least someone might say, I want to hear what Isaiah Thomas has to that's, say. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. Dave Shore has, I, I would say, a decent broadcast voice. but there's He's just, got the typical sports radio. Right. I mean, he sounds basically like... He's, For sports radio, he's, he's got that voice, kind of like when you go to a strip club. Every strip club announcer has the exact same yeah. affect. Yeah. Hey, yeah. coming up on stage. I mean, <laughs> every guy has that same voice at a strip yeah. club. I've seen he, it in a few movies. That's what it sounds like. I've seen it actually in din, dingy joints. That oh, I've, so you've actually gone to a strip club. Where I've had lap dances okay. and lost a lot of money. But yeah. no, th- this th- his voice is typical sports could you tell me if, if I played Eric Chase or that guy? You wouldn't. I mean, it's just Dave. You Shore, need a, more than a voice. You need knowledge of the market. You freaking moron. Dave Shore looks like David Hall from Rock Financial fucked Ralph Mouth and had a kid. I, he this this guy is so incompetent. He hasn't made one move that made has made any sense. Zero. I mean, just there hasn't been anything where you could kind of see where he was coming from. I. He's just completely lost in this position. And, you know, you you made the point of it's almost like they're trying to fail. I, I would love to hear the justification for it because I hate Mike and Mike on ESPN, for example. But I get why someone would want them on their programming because, you know, they kind of just stay in the middle and don't rock any boats and old people like them at 6 a.m. in the morning. Whatever. They're, you know, there's, it's defensible programming. There's nothing even, like, reasonably logical about what they've done since he came in and replaced Dixon. This is a ticking time bomb. 
I we said last week he could be gone as the PD any minute. Well, here's what Two I've days learned. later he, yeah, he right he Roger Dorns himself on the air. You know, and, because I think they I think probably there was a mandate cut salary, and the easiest way to cut salary is get rid of dairy. And replace him with a guy who's not – he's not going to make any more money. No. He's already getting paid as the double, PD. Double dipping. Yeah. So now yeah. he's got to do this show. And this is what I've – I've heard conflicting reports about what's going to happen there in the future. One source told me that they're going to call it a day after the Piston season. And then there is some credibility, I believe, to the rumors about Greg Henson. I think there is some interest there. Now, hold on. Are there legitimate rumors beyond us? Just yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, see, I didn't know that. No, no, yeah. that's that's an actual. Whisper. No, that, that, that's I think one of two things will happen in the next six weeks. Either they will switch formats, which I have no knowledge of what that would be, or they will hire Henson. I think those are the only two. And this isn't my speculation. This is what I've been. This is rumors I've heard from inside the building. So, no, I think that one of those two things will occur after the Pistons season ends. I think right now they're just – they don't care. I don't think great, – greater media knows that this show's a joke. I just don't think that they have anything else that they can do, and they they cut some salary. Um, I I don't think Drew Sharp was making anything but an hourly wage. I don't think he was salaried or anything. I probably doesn't have a non-compete, not that anyone would hire him. But I don't think there was anything like that. I think they were just paying him X amount of money per show maybe. I would just pay Dave and save some money and get the yeah. same work. Exactly. So yeah, as long as we're in the prediction business apparently, let me offer a prediction. If you are in fact right that Greg Henson is coming back to town if they don't switch formats, if Greg Henson is back in, t- in town as the PD, I'm going to almost guarantee he will have no association with you. Oh, I would. You, I would agree with that. He will disassociate this whole pipe and you know uh, pipe dream, pie in the sky idea of you guys joining forces. Well, that's tongue in cheek. But I don't believe. I don't even think he'll talk to you. Really? Other than well, like, off the record, off the record condolences if your mom dies. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I I doubt there's going to be. It, it's going to be similar to the person who sent you the condolences text. Like there'll be like some occasional, you know, dialogue there, but very minimalistic. Well, here's what I've been told, that the, the higher-ups at greater media read everything I write. This is what I've been told by multiple sources. And that the text messages, the direct messages that I posted regarding Sean Belisian from Matt Derry did not go well, over well in that building. So well, and, and, how how could it? Right, <laughs> I, that, that's I mean, what I was. Yeah, that's no shock. First of all, I we just I signed a lease for new office space today for five years. Um, I don't think I'm making any grandiose career changes. Would I like to help out and try to defeat ninety seven one? Yes, but I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, you and I couldn't live on what one oh five one would pay us if you know. Let's talk about the article. Let's go. Let's go run through a few of the ideas I had, and let me tell. You, why don't you give me your opinion of what you think of them? Can I, can I interrupt this? For yes. A second? I I gotta talk to the show and report every single time I'm on that show, and they post the audio. They have a screen grab 
of a very famous gay blogger. And I mean, he that's his he writes like about being gay. And, who's also named Justin Spiro. And, and looks like a little bit like me. So like, anytime they they post, you know, there'll be a picture of you doing that interview with whatever newspaper. Yeah, or, the job of the hut. Yeah, the job of the hut interview. They'll they'll have like the proper picture for every guest, and then for me, it's a picture of this gay blogger with the same name. His entire just Google him, Justin Spiro, gay blogger, whatever. Okay. Well, what I will do for you because that I'm such a good friend and I actually care about you and I don't <laughs> fake care about you on the air. Yeah. What I will do when this show ends, I will send a picture of you. To his producer, Al Heward, and the next time you're on the show, it will be the real Justin Spiro. That's good. Not the uh, LGBT blogger, Justin Thank you. Spiro. Thank you. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Now, back to my ideas. Okay, my first idea was, I, in this, like I said, all of that article was kind of tongue-in-cheek. I, none of it's going to happen, probably. Um, it was just what I would do if I was in that position. And the first thing I said was, bring back uh, Drew Lane. Not because I like Drew Lane or no, enjoy the show you're, at you're, all. You're a businessman. Yeah, this is me being a guy who's trying to get ratings. As I said in the article, I'm not trying to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Drew Lane. I never was, and I thought his show was borderline homophobic and racist uh, when he was on with Mark Fellhauer. But with that being said, the man has a proven track record in the morning getting ratings. If your primary competition is Bill McAllister, a Jay Towers wannabe, Michael Stone doing whatever he can to hold on to a paycheck because uh, he's got a big nut, a couple of daughters going to college soon and a huge house in West Bloomfield. Uh, and he'll do it, you know, he's going to go on the air and not make any, say, oh, we got to talk about sports and pound on the table. He's not going to do that. He's going to go with the flow in 97.1. And Sarah Foraker, if that's your competition in the morning, Drew Lane makes some sense. Because he doesn't have to talk about sports. And he can beat them. Now, I don't know if he can beat them, but he can definitely compete with them. Because obviously they're going to have the big advantage of people listening to the Tigers the night before and then waking up to hearing uh, McAllister shaving Stoney's back here. Okay? So he got that advantage. But I think Drew, in the morning, can compete with that if he's willing to do morning, which I heard through the grapevine, he'd be willing to go back to the morning. Okay? That's just not me just spitballing. I've heard that he'd be willing to do it. I also was told, listen to this, I haven't even told you this or wrote it anywhere. When they came to Drew when they got rid of him back in the fall or early winter, he said, look, just let me do the show I want to do. I will take a 50% pay cut. Take half the money to do the show that I want to do because Shore was telling him you had to talk about sports more. It's got to be a sports show. It's got to fit in with the rest of the the uh, programming. We're a sports station. You can't talk about Michael Jackson all the time and whatever other hijinks pop culture-wise. And Dave Shore and the GM, greater media people told him, no, doesn't matter what the money is. We got to brand this as a sports station and uh, we got to part ways. There'd be no expectation for Drew Lane to do a sports show early in the morning because people don't want to hear a breakdown of the New Jersey Devils defenseman by Sean Belisian. They just don't want to hear that. He could talk about whatever he wants. Now, the kind of goofy thing I threw in 
which you could let Drew do his own show with Falhar. I mean, I really wouldn't care. If he gets the ratings, he gets the ratings. But my brilliant idea would be to bring back Greg Brady, who used to host a show. Well, you can talk about that while you're shaking your head. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Howard. Hold on. He just lost his job at AM590 in Toronto. He had a pretty successful morning show for a while. Uh, I think the result of budget budget cuts, he's gone. He's looking for a job. I have no idea if he would he'd even come back to the country if he could, if what his visa situation would be. But I would listen to a show with Greg Brady. I always thought he was one of the best guys in this market. I know we disagree. You think he's a coward in that he ran to Toronto and started bombing. He, he did to Chris McCoskey. Louis Delmas leaves town. He's garbage. You ever call him garbage while he was in town? Yeah, I did. Prove it. Blocked. I mean, that's what Greg Brady does. Greg Brady goes off across the border and is trashing Jim Leland, trashing Brad Auspice, trashing Mike Babcock. And what did he do when he actually had a voice in town, when he had a platform? Not to necessarily an act change, but just raise some awareness of these issues. Cricket, 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 cricket. Vanilla. Now, not quite as vanilla as his former partner, Jamie. But oh, still, to, oh, that's vanilla, a great, that's great. Perfect segue. Vanilla nonetheless. Perfect segue. Jamie's and I a, and I like Greg Brady, and I think he'd be good. We disagree. He stinks. Okay, that's fine. Let's get to the next point. And I, I want to direct this to the greater media executives who probably are listening to this podcast at some point. Because I know you're following one of the guys, I think, from Philadelphia, one of the higher-ups, liked on Twitter, favorited, liked my article about how I would save 105.1 the other day. I think the guy's name is Buzz Knight. I don't know what. Why is everyone named Buzz in this town? Buzz Van Hooten, Buzz Knight. He's not even in this town. Seema Barak Jr. Like, what happened to American names like <laughs> Jeff Moss? I don't understand. How could there be more than one Buzz in the radio <laughs> industry? Like, I don't get it. But, look, you are such an embarrassment right now with this station that Jamie Samuelson at 97.1 is taking shots at you. Yesterday, he made the same joke I made in my article. Regarding, will Alan Houston and, and Eric Chase be hosting a show anytime soon in middays? Jamie Samuels doesn't take shots at anyone. He's taking shots at 105.1 by making jokes about Alan Houston referencing the fact that Derry Wallace's job. Now, we all know that Jamie Samuelson and Rat Dreary are a couple other are boys. And he's he's looking out for his brother, but J- Jamie Samuelson's taking shots at you. He just did a. I just got a tweet just now. He just told Valente that he and Wojo will be talking about the Spurs floor spacing tonight on the show. Another shot. Valente today was taking shots at one hundred five one, comparing the Cavs being in disarray. You know, with LeBron unfollowing the team. He's taking shots comparing how they're a mess to 105.1. Jamie Samuelson and Mike Valente are making fun of you on a daily basis, greater media. Do you know how you stop that? I'll tell you how you stop that. You hire me and Greg Henson. And let me tell you something. Jamie Samuelson, Jizzbucket, is no longer going to mention 105.1 ever again. Mike Valente is never going to open his trap and discuss your radio station ever again. Because when he does, 
I'm going to mention how on a Wednesday, Mike Valente told his longtime girlfriend she had to be out of their apartment by Friday. That's how he broke up with her. Okay, that's what I am going to do as the assistant program director for your station. Do you want to know what you would get with Jeff Moss? We'd hire a bunch of interns who would go around picketing live remotes of 97.1. We would declare war on 97.1. They wouldn't be taking these little pot shots. They wouldn't be throwing these little grenades at your radio station anymore. They'd be cowering in a corner. Jamie Samuelson would be in a corner sucking on his thumb. This sounds like Donald Trump. They're laughing at us are, right now. We are going We're not going to put up with it anymore. We are going to make 105.1 great again. The days of Jim Harper, when you were playing the easy hits from the 80s, when Lionel Richie and Luther Vandross's dulcet tones were on your air, and you were hitting a four-point, we are going to make 105.1 great again, and I will tack my adversaries at every juncture. The live remotes, we will have picket signs with Mike Valente pictures when he was 500 pounds. <laughs> We will have – that's what we will have. I'm, Spiro, you know I'm, I would do it. I think we should, like, Photoshop the natural disasters, earthquake and typhoon or whatever with uh, Scott Anderson's face and Mike Polanyi's face on it. The 500-pound – can you imagine having Coming interns in a combined just weight. circling? <laughs> having, a, having posters that say Terry Foster's closed house, mocking his business entities. <laughs> one One intern would have – the Mariachi's Cantina, <laughs> the picture of the place being locked down by the IRS. <laughs> this is what we would do. If you're listening, Buzz Knight or whatever your name is or whoever the GM executives are over there, and I know you're listening to this podcast because you know I'm right. Howard Stern, 1982 to 1998 would be played out. I have the playbook. Can I tell you why they're I not going to do it? I would destroy them. Can I, can I defend them for not doing it? If it doesn't work, they burn so many bridges. And what they're, bridges? They're going to be playing Celine Dion well, they, and Philip Bailey. No, and, 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 these people and have to go work Phil somewhere. Collins. They have to go work somewhere. No, they're, they, they, they're greater media. They already have 94.71 doing well, and they already have Rift doing very well. They're not going anywhere. Those people aren't going anywhere. Okay. They are very success, successful. They have one shit turd radio station that needs fixing and greg henson and i can fix it i'm laying out the plan we would get attention okay people would tune in and not only would we would we be just destroying 97.1 talking about bill McAllister wanting to be jay towers and let, trust me greg henson and i can get in for hours about bill McAllister when that when, when, when we want to do that have you boxed we, him yet we would not yet we will destroy them do you think Scott Anderson and Mike Valente and Terry Foster want a tag team of Moss and Henson on the year? It's the one thing that they're afraid of. I'm the last Trust one Hillary wants to run against. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we are going – Donald Trump would look like a pussy. He would look like a muted, politically correct eunuch compared to what I would do to 97.1. This is what you need. And we, when we weren't destroying them and making personal attacks and having them cower in fear to what the next thing that would come out of my mouth, just like Howard Stern did to the zookeepers and the, and the Bella in Philadelphia and Don Imus and destroyed all of his rivals, 
I'm going to use that playbook, and we would do the exact same thing, and it would work. Trust me, it would work. We would have the greatest radio station known to mankind. Still would not sniff 97.1 in the ratings with the Tigers fine. over there. But that's they, fine. They could I don't care. Niche, I'm not gonna, I don't want to beat them. I want to hurt them. I want to maim them. And I want to get your ratings up to a level that are satisfactory, that aren't pathetic, that aren't a joke, where Mike Valente and Jamie Samuelson aren't throwing rocks at you, laughing hysterically at your failure. They wouldn't be laughing at Henson and myself, greater media executives, trust me. And we would have unbelievable radio. As I said, the stench of your frat boy garbage calling sexual assault victims loose, rape victims sluts, that wouldn't be going on in a Moss regime, trust me. You have a woman in Katie String at ESPN. You're an ESPN radio station, and you're not taking advantage of one of the best personalities, reporters in this city in Katie Strange. You want to track some female listeners maybe? Maybe put her on. Get her opinion on the Red Wings. She's an expert in hockey. She's been covering hockey for many years. She's one of the most respected hockey journalists in this country female or otherwise, and that's before she took the Detroit Tigers beat for ESPN. Do you even call Katie String? Is she No, you have you have PT Cruiser flipper over sexual harasser Anthony Fennick on your airwaves. Didn't want Donaldson for Keslanos. Yeah, that's who you put on as an expert instead of Katie Strang. Imagine Katie Strang saying something that's stupid. You got rid of, yeah, right. You got rid of Katie Tony Strang Paul. Katie Strang would take Josh Donaldson. You got rid of Tony Paul. You're airing a hockey show at 4 o'clock with Sean Belusian interviewing Dennis Potvan? <laughs> Dennis Potvan? You're not even interviewing Reed Larson or a Red Wing great or somebody, Chris Chelios. You're interviewing Denny Potvan. Denny Potvan? Who the, Pete Krupski? We're going to have Pete Krupski on the air. Last night at 6.30, I turned it on, and you were talking Eastern Michigan gymnastics. Eastern Michigan gymnastics, Spiro. Uh, yeah, women's gymnastics. I don't I don't know who. I don't care what it was. Well, I'm just saying, isn't oh, that's that what like, it was? I don't that, know. Isn't that one level like lower in terms of fan interest? I'm going to get <laughs> – I would have quality programming. We would destroy them. And then in the next breath, we'd have Michael Rothstein on with with uh, Justin Rogers or Kyle Mankey, Josh Katzenstein doing a Lions show every week. We'd have quality program that people want to listen to. And we'd have this type of entertainment. Turn on your own station right now and listen to Dave Shore and Lindsey Hunter and tell, tell me what's more compelling radio, this or that. <laughs> I'm an insurance appraiser. I was at a fire a couple hours ago doing some contents-related evaluations, and I still came here and put on a better show than your program director who's been in the business for three decades with very little show prep because Spiro got here two minutes before the show. (laughs) And I'm still doing a better show. You're telling me that what's going on right now, Greg Henson would be holding me down, trying to tape up my mouth. Greg Henson, the biggest bomb. Greg Henson got thrown out of town by Denise Illich for destroying the Tigers. He had to go to Philadelphia, Texas, 
Fort Wayne. He's moving around like a priest in the Catholic Church. Exactly. He's shifting him all over the They're place. They're shifting him everywhere, Greg <laughs> Henson. He wants to come home. Trust me. Greg Henson wants to come home. And you've got Dave Shore interviewing PJ Carlissimo right now. That's what's on your airwaves. And Eastern Michigan women's gymnastics. My high school radio station, 89.3, WBLD has got higher ratings than you right now. What are you doing? Are you listening to this? <laughs> have you, are you not entertained? This is what you could have on your airwaves. You don't have to pay me that much. I'll still do my day job in the morning and early afternoon and walk in unprepared and be able to spew this vitriol at a moment's notice. <laughs> I'm good, and I have an audience. What you have is no audience and bad. Do you see the dichotomy? Can we talk about what they're up against? I, can I get a two-minute segment for this week in Detroit sports? This is just 97-1 edition, the past week alone. Who do you like more, Batman or Superman? Are you scared of terrorists? Why is Farmington closing their schools? Name four times. I live in the Farmington Hill <laughs> School District, and I don't care about that. How about this one? When have you ever gotten free stuff from a friend? Have you ever won a random contest? If you could pass any law, what would it be? What is the best Michigan-brewed beer? I'll help Dave Shore pack. <laughs> I'll find him a realtor to sell his house that he idiotically supposedly bought in the middle of a .9 rating. Have you ever had your car damaged by a pothole? Do you tip on carryout orders? How did you meet your wife? This is the last week alone, and it's not all These inclusive. These are terrible questions for a show in general, especially this one that's revolved around sports. It's a sports show. No, it's not. Well, that's what they're up against. They're not up against. There's and su- look, supposedly a sports look, show. Look, I, I've come to the realization after many years that you couldn't go on. There's no way we could talk 15 hours a week about sports. So we'd have to talk about some things. I would... I would think they would be more intelligent than why are they closing the Farmington Hills public schools? And what's your favorite Michigan brewed beer? Exactly. And Batman or Superman? I could spend a good half hour questioning if Scott Anderson's ever had sex. That's that's good. That's good radio right there. Yeah, yeah. We could could offer. It's two pronged. Just invite people to call in, like any women. I'm telling you, we would. we have pulled some pretty good shenanigans with a budget of basically what you're willing to throw in and what I'm willing to throw in dollar-wise. Can you imagine if we had an expense account? No, terrifying. It would, give, us mean, a, give us some money in billboards. It's like when ISIS took over the oil. Exactly. <laughs> oh, be, we, we would be ISIS once we took over Raqqa. Exactly. Billboards. We have all we, – we'd have interns doing our d- dirty work. We could like air us decapitating – I'm giving you I'm giving you the schematics, Buzz, and fellow greater media executives. This is the type of radio brilliance that we could put on, and we'd get an audience. We'd get attention. Bring Greg Henson back, Moss Henson 2016. I guarantee you, within six months, we will double your pathetic ratings. And if I don't, you can throw me to the curb. I've got I've got something to be, to fall back on. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to let it go in the first place. You got nothing to lose. Nothing. They've got nothing to lose other than their dignity. Like I said in the article, what's your dignity worth? 
You've got Chuck and Dave the Freak or whoever. What? They're not exactly bastions of no of decorum. You are you kidding me? It's the hail mary play, and you know hiring Henson. Even if we took you out of it, hiring Henson's the. Have you heard the last ten minutes of radio? You're not taking me out of it. This is the brilliance that I'm going to bring. We're going to make 105.1 great again. (laughs) Haven't you heard? Where can I get my my lawns? Mike Valente is going to be my Megan Kelly. I'm going to make oh, you miserable. I, I like Megan. Well, Megan does a nice job. That's fine, but that's not. Um, do you understand the uh, analogy I'm trying to make? Yep. I'm not commenting on Megan Kelly's ability to host a show on Fox News at nine o'clock to ten. I'm saying I'm going to torment Mike Valente. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I think it would be great. Terry Foster. I think you reading Valenti's emails trying to get a job would be great. Well, that's radio. day one. That's day one. <laughs> like, day one, will there will be no – I'm warning you, Buzz, and greater media executives. There will be no sports talk on the first show. <laughs> what will there will be on the first show? The rules of calling? What, no, that won't – there will be no Rob Otto rules of calling either. What there will be will be me going after – reading emails from Mike Valente trying to get a job at the DSR, and we will break down – in the first two hours, every single failed business venture of Ralph Cramden, excuse me, Terry Foster. That will be the first show. And then we might get to Scott, Scott Anderson and his love of guitars and not sex dolls. That, that's what the first show would be. We'll get to sports on day two. I promise. <laughs> yeah, by day two. I think we should definitely make fun of the eating contest that they always enter – Scott Anderson into, and they think it's like hilarious. Oh yeah, right. Oh, remember right. the remember when the every hockey team that got eliminated a couple years ago had a cupcake, like yep. some huge, like yeah. fifteen hundred calorie cupcake yeah. that he had to crush. Yeah, like the guy weighs four hundred pounds, and you think it's funny. They had a thing where he had to eat like fifteen Doritos Los tacos from Taco Bell yeah. or ten or whatever it was. Yeah. I, we'll bring in a, always some like we'll great... bring in a dietitian on the first episode to talk about that. Yeah, these are the things I don't want to give everything away. But trust me, I have I have You want to be unpredictable. Right. I have a bank. A bank. I have encyclopedia. We, we're, we have we have so much information. And we have we so will many, make we have 105 so many, one great again. We have so many loose cannons willing to help execute some of these oh ideas. Oh my god. Just the DSR an whack army. pack is an absolute disaster. Oh my god. Mihir Bahatnagar. Like someone's gonna with kill. a title. Like, we're gonna get Mihir Bahatnagar with a title. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't get sued. There's nothing that we would do that we could get sued over. Nothing. It's all true. Everything, every single bit of it's true. Well, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's only a matter of time before, like, Taylor Phillips murders somebody or something. I can't be responsible for anything that DTP does. Should we try to get Bill Shea in the air to ask him what yeah, he thinks about Yeah, let's this? call Bill. Let's call Bill. We're going to call Bill Shea. We, he has no idea we're calling. We're going to try to call him. I want me, you want to talk, Jessica? Say this is your sure. Jessica from the Detroit Sports Drag Podcast. Will, mm-hmm. you, will you be willing to come? Make sure it's for Ask him if it's Bill Shea first. I think this is Bill Shea. I'll find out Crane's in a second. Detroit. Crane's Detroit. Probably listen. <laughs> Cut it off to go to a voicemail where he gives his number. Oh. We don't want his number out there. Uh, no. Now with my lunatic fan base. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Can you imagine... Here is Bill uh, Shea's cell phone number. Your call has been forwarded. All right, we can just end it. God. That I mean, means try again. People never answer. Don't you yeah, ever try ro- again. Try again. Rolodex of these numbers that we could call? After that, we're going to call Drew Sharp. Are we really? Yeah, we'll call Drew. Yeah. Okay. And I'll talk about I'll, I'll have to bring that up. You see, Buzz or whatever? 
Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Aldrin. See what you could That's what I have. keep thinking every time he says Buzz. Buzz. It's only everybody have a name Buzz. Maybe he's waving flowers on the grave of Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Christopher Hitchens. We had a great Bill Shea discussion after the draft on Sunday. I used to voice mailboxes. All right. Uh, All right. Try to call Drew. That's I don't think that was him anyway. It sounded like he was going to say Dan. That's what I thought, yeah, too. Like, oh. duh, there's a duh. Oh. You're I thought n- that was his number. We're going to try to call Drew Sharp and offer our condolences on the record. Yeah, yeah, on the record. We're all class. Is there anything else we have to talk about tonight? No, uh, I, th- I say we just empty your, your cell phone. And just call yeah, can we call, just keep pranking call, call, people, Matt Derry blocked me. Call everybody. Matt, Matt Derry prank everyone me. until someone answers. He didn't block this line. Oh, that's true. Ooh, we call Matt Derry. Yikes. I don't know if I can even... Come on, Boudini. We know you're not on the air. I'm unavailable right now, but please leave your name. Oh, no. No. Oh. No, we'll leave a message. We'll yeah, because he doesn't say his number. Yeah. Anymore, so. You want me yeah. to call him back? Yeah, call yeah. back. We'll leave a message for Drew. We could always get Drew Sharp's op- opinion on his firing from Dave Harns. <laughs> they call Harns? They're best. Let's call Harns. Yeah. Come on, Drew, answer. Why not? He doesn't know this number. That's why he won't answer. Well. I'm unavailable right now, but please leave your name and number, and I will return your call as soon as possible. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Drew, it's uh, Jeff Moss, Detroit Sports Rag, uh, giving you a call. Uh, Wanted to offer our condolences. For you losing your job at uh, Detroit Sports 105.1. Uh, very sad. Actually, who am I kidding? You're an unrepentant plagiarist scumbag. And you deserve to lose your job back in January. Can't believe you held on to it for another couple months. Justin, anything to say to Drew? Hey, thanks for all the web hits for uh, plagiarizing Dave Harns. It was great. It was, it was my most read article ever. It even topped the Osmos thing at one point. So thanks for, you know. Being an unrepentant plagiarist made for some really good hits for us. Thanks. You suck. All right. Good luck, Drew, and uh, we'll be talking soon. And bye. Okay. okay. All right. We got to call Derry now. Oh, come come on. on. You can, can you? Yeah, you can talk to Derry. Okay. Hold on a second. He blocked me on Facebook like yesterday. So we're looking at Matt Derry's number now. This is good dead air on the radio. Yeah, right. Talk about something, <laughs> Justin. So, Jessica, what's going on? You talk. How um, long does it take to look Batman up Batman or Superman? No, because Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you and I discuss the 97-1 topics? <laughs> if you could pass a new law, what would it be? What was that? Pass a law? Yeah. Or have you ever won a random contest? I would ask if you've ever gotten free stuff from a friend, but you're friends with me, so I'm sure <laughs> I know the answer to that. Yeah, I got free stuff. I got a cell phone charger. See? That okay. was nice. Um, so here's Matt Derry's game. And once again, cut it Wait, off. Wait, I, I have to take yeah, this I one? Will. You, you want to take it? 
Yeah, you should take it. But say you're on the air right, first. Right. I don't think he wants to talk to me. I feel like probably not. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to talk to me either. I, I'm guilt by association. At yeah, this but point. he 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 talked to you. Like, hey, reach man. But right. you wanted to leave a message yeah, for him. You want to leave a message for Derek? You Darren? told me right. not to let him no. You don't want to leave a message for Derek? I want to get someone actually on the air. Yeah. Well, who is it? We just tried everyone. That's that's your entire Rolodex? I know that's not true. That's everyone you don't like? I don't believe that at all. Three people? Come on. You think everyone? people give me their phone number? We can call Foster. He's on the air. At 6.30? I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think that bit's over. Okay. Well, let's take was, one more break. One song. We'll come back, see if there's anything else we have to talk about or we want no, to call anyone. No, I think anyone. that's it. We can wrap the show right we'll up. wrap up the show? Yeah. It's over. It's only six, what? Justin's got the attention span of a two-year-old no, right got, now. <laughs> no, what, we have nothing else to talk about. It was a great show, but we're not going to drag these poor people off for another half an hour. All well, right. I think, I think it was a hell of a yeah. show. I got a, I got a new. Do you realize that when we're on 105.1, we just can't end the show? Like, oh, yeah, we did a pretty good show for the first. It's, what, let's see. We're on from three to six. Yeah, it's about 520. <laughs> we did a pretty good show. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to now play uh, PSAs for the next 40 this minutes. This is a podcast. It's not a traditional radio broadcast. I know, but we're auditioning. And you're just now bailing on the show at 620. Well, this is me. a perfect time for you to shine in my absence. I can no. leave. Where do you uh, have to go? You obviously have to be somewhere. I've, no, I don't. I, well, I, I do, but I have, I have a newborn at home. Guy shows up. Two minutes before the show starts, and then wants to leave. I didn't hear thirty-three my, minutes before it ends. I didn't hear my name mentioned in your uh, little proposal. With yes, it was. So what, apparently, you can't read? when was the last time you slept, Justin? Can't read? Like for more than I, I five hours? Oh, three weeks. You didn't see your name in the article where I said you would be the producer yeah, yeah. of Henson's show and you'd be the third yeah. voice in the article. Yeah, but I don't think I was mentioned during the broadcast today. Which, you know, considering that you're so desperate to <laughs> to kick me to the curb for Henson. Let's not forget that I was the one that advocated for Greg Henson returning like four years ago and was mocked and ridiculed by you incessantly. Now, you want to talk about something else before we wrap? I'm going to touch on this very briefly. We talked about it very briefly last week. I want the Detroit Pistons to lose every single game they play until Andre Drummond is gone. And I I just want that on the record. That it's not an anti-Van Gundy thing. I'm a huge fan of Van Gundy. I hate that I have to now root against him. I'm so done with Andre Drummond. Everyone's filleting him over this putback that he had to win a game that I didn't watch. Oh, last night? I Was that last night or two nights ago? Where I, I got mm-hmm. people tweeting to Moss and I about how wrong we are about Andre Drummond because of a tip-in and a game that they should have lost to a mediocre team at home, if not for Marcus Morris shooting 8 for 9, including 4 of 4 from 3, just went off. They still won by one point. I guess a crap team at home. Look, if you think this is there's certain points in the Detroit market, in any market, but let's keep it to Detroit. There's certain litmus tests that tell you and tell the people around you how smart you are, how sharp your sports mind is in particular. Now, just off the top of my head, if you thought that Sergey Fedorov should be booed upon his return or Barry Sanders upon his return to any of the buildings that, in which these guys played, then you're an idiot. That is a litmus test. And if you think that they deserve praise and deserve to be welcomed back with open arms, then you're smart. Andre Drummond is the latest litmus test in Detroit sports right now. If you think Andre Drummond 
is a franchise guy that can lead you to the promised land. He's going to win a title for you as the backbone of any team in the league. You're not intelligent. You're stupid. You're on the side of cheering Darren McCarty and booing Sergey Fedorov. That's who you are. That's that's the land that you live in. So I'm just warning you all, these people that are the pro Drummond crowd, and it, it's shrinking by the day, thankfully. I think we're having a good effect. You're on the wrong side of this. And the longer you hang on, I'm talking to you, Jasper, the stupider you're going to look because this guy is never going to get it done. He's going to be a career failure in the vein of Dwight, Dwight Howard, who at least got close, closer than Andre Drummond will ever get as the featured player on an NBA team to winning the title. Get on the right side of this. I think that's the only hope to get this guy out of here. I think they're stuck with him. But I, I, I just I want it to be made very clear that Andre Drummond is the biggest coward franchise player in NBA league history. You can't win a title with him and until he's gone and the Gestapo that's running the, the show over there at the Palace where they're threatening to ban people for life for pantomiming free throws, where they're having people physically assaulted after games, having an usher get in a fan's face and say, we know who you are, we're watching you, with no provocation whatsoever. I'm rooting for them to lose every single game. I think I'm in the same place that you are with the Lions. Yes, and uh, you probably just didn't do a, any favors in getting in good with greater media and the Pistons. Uh, Hopefully they turned it off. I hope they turned it off because you just bombing Andre Drummond, and it just didn't help us. With Well, you, you're, the, no, Howard, you're the Howard Stern no, school where they can I agree. Bomb I agree their with everything bosses. you said. It, Andre Drummond, how can you root for a guy who threatened to kill you and then tried to – to follow up on that threat by running after you and had to get stopped by like three of his his, his teammates. And it sure didn't seem like a hold me back guy's approach. No, he wanted I, to kill you. Yeah, he was coming for pantomiming me. free throws. That's it. The guy is a loser. He's a mental midget. And I hope, I just hope that Stan Van Gundy sees what we do. He's got to see it. Maybe he's in the Jasper camp where he just thinks something will click at some point, but nothing is going to click. This guy is just going to get worse, and he's going to get enabled by a max contract. No one's going to be able to tell him what to do. This is a guy who's shooting historically low, 35% from the line. And when you suggest he try something else, which a player, a college player who doesn't get paid at Louisville. Now, mind you, maybe he's getting free prostitutes. I don't know. At Louisville. Probably not, not getting $20 million a year. But he's not getting $20 million a year. And I don't think no matter how good the prostitutes are in the Louisville area, you're not talking anything commiserate with twenty million dollars. This guy is this guy at Louisville is shooting underhand free throws because he wants to help his team. He improved he by won, what, like fifteen percent right, overnight. He, exactly. <laughs> he wanted to get better. That guy did that. He's in college. Andre Drummond professional. When you even merely suggest that he shoot underhanded, you get death threats. Literally. I'm going to kill you. And then some form of follow-through on that threat with a I'm, I'm checked out. I watched, I watched the last I watched like 90 since. seconds last night just because nothing, I was waiting for Better Call Saul to come on. Uh, I just can't watch them. I haven't watched since I, the, I don't want to root for them. the Denver Nuggets game. haven't watched one yeah. second. And I won't. I mean, if All they're right. on accident, I'll turn them off. You want to leave. My wife is texting me now that she wants to go to dinner. One last thing before we go, and this will only take a minute or so. Uh, this is Mahir Bahatnagar uh, desiring us to read some tweets from Graham Couch. 
You might know Graham Couch. He's the Lansing State Journal. Michigan State beat writer, I guess, or columnist. I don't know what he does up there, but he's got something to do with Michigan State. These are some tweets from Graham Couch over the last few months about college basketball. You want to talk about someone who is never right. This guy is so clueless. and It's really a little uncomfortable because I usually follow him on the Schuling Report on Mondays. He like comes on as the first guest, and then I'm the second guest. Just you know, It's just not exactly a free-flowing discussion there. I actually came on yesterday, the program, and kind of bombed him a little. But here are some tweets from Graham Couch. This is from February 13th. Maryland loses to Wisconsin badly at home. Barely beats Northwestern and Penn State at home, too. Terrapins will be done quickly in March. Well, it's March 22nd, and they're in the Sweet 16. Indiana, Indiana about to have a feel-good home win. It happens. Iowa, still the better and more complete team regardless of what happens tonight. Iowa at home, Indiana. Where are they, Spiro? Sweet 16. I take Kentucky or Oklahoma over Kansas on a neutral court. Jayhawks have needed OT to beat both with one of great home court advantages. Okay. Gonzaga, this is just from a few days. This is from March 17th. Okay. This is from five days ago. Gonzaga is a soft, mediocre team. Whatever happens tonight, other Iowa, other lower seeds winning were different than this. Gonzaga came back two days later and I think beat someone by 70 points. And Gonzaga probably has looked like the best team in the uh, the tournament so far. One of the top two or three with Witcher and uh, and uh, Sabonis's son just dominating. Uh, this guy can't even get things right two days out. Watching Villanova for about the fifth time this season, Nova is susceptible to an early tourney exit again. Cats are not overwhelming. Uh, where are the Villanova Wildcats, Justin Spiro? Uh, Sweet 16. Duke is awful defensively. Take the brand off the jersey and you've got a bubble team. They still dancing? Yep. I'm calling it. Nova's done by second round of the NCAA tourney. There's a seven out there. That'll get them. Two early predictions. Bracket advice. Well, hopefully no one took your bracket advice. Graham Couch. This is your profession? You're, oper- you're worse than Andre Drummond's free throw percentage by a lot. I think that's how we end the you, show. You know what? I, I, well, I'll just end it with, I think it's funny how critical he is of all these other teams that are very successful. And even after the Michigan State meltdown, there's been no criticism. I mean, it's been, Graham Couch has been an apologist from day one since this Michigan State meltdown against a 15-seed Middle Tennessee State so it's the same kind of thing with Chris McCoskey bombing Willie Delmas. You know, these people that you see them boss into the second a coach is fired or I got player leaves. Graham Couch has all these strong opinions on these other teams and how flawed they are inherently. But Michigan State bows out in the first round, and there, there's nothing. And there were concerns about Michigan State during the season. They looked very good, but there were concerns. He never expressed those. So it's funny how opinionated well, he, he is. On I, other I, I can quote uh, one Justin Spiro at Darko State News. Something along the lines, in three weeks, Tom Izzo will have his second uh, NCAA can you championship still, can you title. still find that tweet? Why, you deleted it, uh, no. Ryan Cook? No, I didn't, actually. is that Aren't you supposed to, though? I feel like I'm supposed to delete 
bad, oh, right. bad tweets. Bad prediction. That's what the the guy that you support does. The guy that you always take his side over me, Brian Cook. Whenever there's been All a dispute, right. you're always on his side for some reason. We got to get. Even though he's made zero gotta contributions get the, got, to the got, website, got to get the. Dinner. I've been part of here for twelve right. twelve years. That, the guy as that long as you just want to make sure that I'm okay, that's, yeah. that's all that matters at the end of the day. <laughs> Terrible. All right, we Terrible. will be back. We got to 6.38, so we're only like leaving 22 minutes earlier. Hear that, 105.1? Yeah. We're, we're 87% committed. Exactly. And, and, and even if we left 22 minutes early and had dead air for 22 minutes, trust me, the rating still would be much better than Dave Shore discussing uh, – I don't know what, what with PJ. What could he be talking to part PJ Carlissimo about? What could that even have been about? I have no idea. All right, we're done. Um, maybe we'll be back next Tuesday, or either that, or maybe we'll be on one hundred five one hosting the midday show. It's one of those two alternatives. Thanks again, Spiro, Jessica, everyone here. Great mm-hmm. at uh, Podcast Detroit. Uh, until then, uh, we are check the website for our. Make 105.1 Great Again hats. Those are going to go on sale later this week. Have a good week. This is a previously recorded episode.